right, let's go ahead and get started. I want to be mindful and respectful of your time, as many of us have multiple things that we could ultimately be working on. And I'm excited that you're spending time with me this evening as we talk about this topic of effective time management for event professionals. And so before I jump into the content for this evening, I just want to send a shout out to Ceresa, Ceresa for inviting me. So I appreciate the invite. And ultimately, uh, my goal for our time together today is just to really open your eyes to some things that might be impeding your ability for being uh, or of being the best event professional that you can be. And so if there's something that I can share this evening that will help you uh, free up some time to, you know, put, put yourself in a position to be more effective so that you can take on more business and all of those fun things, then I've done my job. So that's my job this evening is to help you free up some time so that you can make more money, but also have an enhanced sense of freedom with regards to your business. So one of the things um, that I want to you know, really start with is an introduction of myself. My name is Kenny Pugh. I'm the virtual chief operations officer for a lot of solopreneurs, small business owner, uh, entrepreneur types like yourself. And so with that being the case, I help people make more money and create an enhanced sense of freedom with regards to their businesses. And so I want to make sure that um, anyone that comes across my path, I make your life easy. I help you run your business better. I help position you so that you can have more access and to create a greater sense of impact in the things that you ultimately want to do with regards to your business. So I'm excited to be here this evening and hopefully I won't take up too much of your time and the time that I'll actually uh, devote to sharing this information, hopefully it's something that will be a benefit to you. And so let's go ahead and get started. I'm Kenny Pugh, your virtual chief operations officer. And we are going to talk about effective um, tips for effective time management tips for event professionals. And so one of the things that I had to do as I was going through this process is to really take a look at some of the things that were out there um, that could be a benefit to us uh, with regards to this topic, right? So at the end of the day, we all want to make sure that we are maximizing our time. We want to make sure that we are positioning ourselves to be better and that we have the impact that we want to have in the lives of other people. So with that being the case, my goal for you this evening is to improve your business so that you can be a more effective uh, event planner, event manager, whatever the case may be, and so that you can be have have more of an impact in the lives of the clients who you interact and they trust you uh, with their their specific events and the things that they want to pull off. And so let's go ahead and and, and dive into our first component. And I'll just be honest and transparent with you. I have eleven of these that we're going to take a look at this evening. I have eleven um, items or tips for effective time management for event professionals. So number one, y'all ready for number one? Hopefully you are. And I'm, I'm referring back to my notes to make sure I capture it uh, properly. But number one is you have to stop complaining about time because at the end of the day, we all have 24 hours in a day. We have 24 hours in a day. We have seven days in a week. 
And at the end of the day, we are playing with the same deck at the beginning of each and every week. Uh, and so you can't complain about time and how it's not there and you wish you had more of it. Today, we're gonna to talk about how to take more control over your time so that you can use it more effectively. So you need to proactively manage the time that you are given in a more effective way. So number one is stop complaining about time. Complaining is first of all, a bad habit and it ultimately creates a negative uh, impact in, in the life of, of the people whose paths you'll cross throughout your event planning life, you know, lifetime and, and all that good stuff. No one wants to hear someone complaining about anything, um, much less time. So focus on how you can prioritize and, and plan your time better as opposed to complaining about you not having enough of it. So that, that's number one. Number two is you need to stop those quick internet breaks. The internet browsing, the internet you know, perusing and all of those things that we we tend to do because we have smartphones, we find ourselves wasting time that can be applied to completing tasks. And when you think about it from that perspective, a lot of us would be more efficient if we just put our smartphones in the desk, uh, in the drawer, in the cabinet, until we got to a, a, a mutually agreed upon break point where then you can go and retrieve that phone and then do um, the, the browsing that you desire to do and to really you know, make sure that you're making the most out of the time that you have. So once again, a common theme that's gonna be shared this evening is about just making sure that you are effective, effectively managing the time that you have and that you're not gonna get caught up trying to you know, really get yourself in a position to um, complain about the time that you have available and at your, at your disposal. So number one is stop complaining about time, proactively manage it better. Number two is stop those quick internet breaks, set a time for your internet browsing so that you can be more attentive and that you can be more effective in leveraging and running your business. So that is the first dynamic duo of tips. Number three, is something that a lot of us may not necessarily uh, see eye to eye on, but I have an exercise that I want you to try. So number three is stop multitasking. It may actually reduce the productivity that you bring to the table by as much as 40%, according to an article that was written in Forbes magazine. So that is one of the things that is a misnomer and I am guilty of it. Um, I try to do multiple things simultaneously and it actually reduces your productivity by up to 40% according to this article that was in Forbes. Why is that the case? Well, our brains lack the capacity to perform more than one task at a time successfully. And that is, um, you can't illustrate that any better than this exercise that I'll give you that you can do on your own uh, and I would love to get the results back for, from you. So one of the exercises that I want you to do, I want you to take out a sheet of paper and then I want you to write out the alphabet across the top and then right underneath that, 
I want you to write the numbers one through 26 that correspond with each letter of the alphabet. So you're gonna write out A, B, C, D, E, F, all the way through Z. And then under the right underneath the alphabet, you're gonna write out the numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, all the way through number 26. And what that is gonna tell you is, um, it allows you to see that you can focus on one task at a time. So writing out the alphabet is like second, you know, second nature, right? So you can write it out, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, all the way through Z, and then you drop down to the next line and then you'll be, you'll be moving like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. You can write one through 26, but that's the first exercise. You'll be like, okay, that's cool. I was able to accomplish that in X amount of seconds because you should be able to knock that out pretty quickly. And then I want to illustrate what it's like to multitask. And so I'm gonna have you do that. I want you to do that same exercise, but I want you to do it a little bit differently. I want you to alternate back and forth between the alphabet and then writing out those numerical numbers. I want you to alternate and write A, then write underneath it one, B, number two, C, number three, and I want you to do that all the way until you get to Z. And then I want you to have uh, yourself time going through that, that particular uh, exercise. And I want to see what, where you score. My guess is that when you did the first exercise, A through Z and then one through 26, that you were able to do that pretty efficiently. But when you tried to go and do A1, B2, C3, D, four, when you start going through and alternating back and forth, you have to think a little bit more. And in doing so, it takes you longer and is very illustrative of how you are trying to multitask throughout the course of the day. Does that make sense? I want you to try that exercise and you can report back your, uh, your findings uh, and your experience going through that exercise to the group. I think it'll be very helpful and I think it'll bring you back to a place of real reality with regard to, okay, I can't multitask like I think I can because you're ultimately more effective when you are able to go straight through and, and focus your attention on one item. All right, so that was number three. Number four, and this is gonna be hard for a number of you, you event professionals are tied to the hip or tied at the hip to your phone, and this is gonna be a challenge for you. So number four is this. Stop responding to emails as they arrive. What does that mean? Every time you get a notification that you have new email, don't be tempted to grab your phone every time you hear that notification go off. Stop responding to emails as they arrive. Why? Emails can be the source of constant interruption and you will never get the thing that you should have been focused on completing. It takes it so much longer when you're diverted, when your attention is, is taken and, and captured by multiple things. So put aside specific times that you can check your email. You have designated times throughout the course of the day, unless of course you're expecting something important, um, then there's an exception to that. But let's try to manage and organize your time so that you say, okay, I'm gonna, check my, my, my emails in the, in the morning. I'm gonna check them uh, around lunchtime. I'm gonna check them in early afternoon. Then you can check them uh, in, the, in the evening and just make that, that pact with yourself. Because the reality is 
if something is that pressing, that important, then somebody should be picking up the phone and calling somebody. Like you don't send important emails or you shouldn't send important time sensitive emails on the day that something is supposed to be due. That just, that's counterproductive. So this will be a point for you. Like you don't send, if you have something that's pressing, pick up the phone and call somebody so that you can get the answer and communicate directly. It makes things a lot easier. So number four is stop responding to emails as they arrive. Number five, and this will be interesting for you because some of you would like to attack certain uh, tasks on, on your list early in the day and then find yourself, you know, trying to struggle to complete some of the more challenging tasks afterwards. So number five is this, stop putting off the harder tasks. And this is something that was given to me, uh, some insight that was given to me from a mentor of mine is like, for your harder tasks, you wanna attack those when you are well rested, when you are focused and that you can commit your attention to, the, to that particular task or those tasks. So if there's something that you, you know needs to be done throughout the course of your day, go ahead and knock that thing out early in the morning or when you first start your day. Don't try to put that thing on, on, on hold until you know four, five, six o'clock uh, in the evening when you have fried your brain with a lot of information throughout the course of the day. It's important for you to take a look and say, you know what? Let me go ahead and knock this big stuff out early the stuff that requires significant focus and attention. Knock that stuff out early. That'll make your afternoons a little bit easier to manage and you won't have to be stressed mentally trying to figure out, okay, what to do next? What do I need to do? I'm so, like, you go through all your easy stuff and you're like, I have this hard item, but by that time you have expended so much energy that it makes it hard to accomplish that, that more challenging task. So it's important for you to kind of keep that uh, in mind as you move forward, you, you got to realize that our mental energy has its limits. And when that limit is exhausted, then time management, productivity, and good decision making becomes a lot more challenging. So that is number five out of the list of effective time management tips for event professionals. So we're almost halfway there. Stop putting harder tasks off until later in the day. So number six, stop unrealistic to-do lists. Stop unrealistic to-do lists. I know you're sitting back like, well, how am I supposed to get stuff done if, uh, if I don't have them on my to-do list? I said, stop unrealistic to-do lists. What does that mean? Uh, a lot of us get excited about ticking things off of our to-do list so that we can feel good, we can pat ourselves on the back. Um, and, and ultimately, why is that important to us? Well, we, under, we, we underestimate how long something will take us and forget to factor this in. So as you start to add things to your, your to-do list, you are probably just adding them on there without trying to forecast or estimate how long those things are gonna take for you to complete. You end up setting unrealistic expectations which can lead to your ultimate frustration and then lack of accomplishment. So what do you need to do instead? You need to schedule your day. You need to schedule your day. You need to schedule your day, your day's activities 
so that you can say, okay, I, I think I can get this much done throughout the course of the day instead of just throwing things on your to-do list and praying that you can get them accomplished. Because the reality is if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. Because ultimately you, you don't know which direction or which which uh, which way you are going and what you are trying to achieve on a certain day is gonna be so much more difficult for you to have success on that day. So that's number six. Number seven, and this is, <laughs> this is gonna tickle you a little bit. Number seven is stop unproductive meetings. Stop it with unproductive meetings. If you are going to schedule a meeting, have an agenda, have already thought through some of the things that you want to discuss and, and some recommendations, don't go to meetings unprepared because then they become unproductive. It's something that should have taken 10 or 15 minutes, end up taking 30 minutes. Something, um, a meeting that would be ordinarily be wrapped up in 30 minutes ends up taking an hour. And so I want you to take a tip from my experience working with Fortune 100 companies. One of the things that used to be a mainstay when I was a business consultant is that our meetings would all, we would call them stand-ups. And for those of you who might be familiar with agile methodology, stand-ups mean we have a dedicated 15 minute period where we're going to discuss what needs to be discussed. If it doesn't surface as part of that 15 minute discussion, then it gets tabled and it gets discussed in a separate form, separate interaction, direct phone calls with whoever it needs to be involved in that. But at the end of the day, we, as an event professional, I know it frustrates you to have meeting after meeting after meeting and not see things get accomplished. And in order to be an effective event professional, you need to be prepared so that you can have productive meetings, come with an agenda, come with, you know, some already, you know, prescribed ideas or suggestions on how you can address certain items on the agenda. That way things move smoother. They move quicker. You can knock those things out and move on to the things that actually contribute to you getting more clients, making more money, getting more rest, whatever the case may be. So number seven, stop unproductive meetings. Number eight, and this is going to, this is going to free you. <laughs> this is going to set you free. Number eight, stop saying yes to everything. In order to have effective time management, you can't be Wonder, Man, no, Wonder Woman or Superman trying to say yes to everything. And so this goes back to another uh, item that I think all event professionals should know. And that's just simply know your stuff. Know your stuff. And within a specific offering that you might have, that you are trying to carry out an event for someone, don't let anybody be throw additional things to that list if you know that falls out of a normal scope of, of planning an event. So stop saying yes to everything. Saying yes to everything can make things unmanageable because there simply isn't enough time to do. A lot of you struggle with execution is because you have additional things that are being thrown onto the list that weren't discussed uh, in the, the, the proposal that weren't discussed in the initial contract that wasn't discussed in your initial client meetings or whatever the case may be, you find yourself adding things and doubling the amount of tasks 
that you originally agreed upon or agreed to. And if somebody wants to add stuff to your list, then that there should be some compensation for that as well. So stop saying yes to every single thing. Stop saying yes to every single thing. I'm gonna say it again for the people in the back. Stop saying yes to every single thing that people throw at you. Because at the end of the day, you have to set boundaries in your life. You have to set boundaries around your time. And if you don't set boundaries around your time and the scope of things, people are going to impose themselves beyond your limits and your boundaries. If you don't plan your time, other people will plan it for you. If you don't plan the activities, the checklist of items that you know need, needs to be executed as part of you know, delivering, they're going to prescribe that for you. They're going to put that thing together for you, and that's not what you want. Stop saying yes to everything. Stop saying yes to everything. I know that freed up somebody. Somebody was able to find themselves in a position to say, you know what? That is it. And here's the thing. Most of the time people are, are you, let me say people, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it plain. You are afraid that you're going to lose a client because you say no and you enforce your boundaries. That's it. I know that, I know that's, that's, that's the thing that is holding you back. And that's why you say everything you have. You're thinking to yourself, I have limited clients. I only have a couple clients. And um, if I say no, then I'm going to lose that client. Well, the reality is people have more respect for you. If you come to the table, you know your stuff. Here are the things that we need to uh, accomplish as part of pulling off this event. Now, if they're making reasonable requests, then by all means, make it happen. If it's something that you can say, let's go ahead and add that as a um, as an item that if we finish all of these other things, then we will deliver those individually based off of the amount of time that we have left or remaining or uh, capacity to, to carry out those requests. Number nine, and this is going to jam a couple of you up as well. S stop doing everything on your own. I'm going to say it like somebody uncle, somebody grandpappy, somebody's daddy. Stop doing everything on your own. You started a business to create a sense of freedom for yourself. You started a business because you wanted to have something you can call your own and that you can grow and nurture and develop and expand, right? You can't do that doing everything on your own. I know you're going to, and then, of course, I know you're going to say, but Kenny, <laughs> I don't know if I trust other people to carry out these tasks. Good point. My response back to that response is find better people, hold people more accountable, have something in place where people have to come to the table and account for the things that they're supposed to deliver. And so that goes back to knowing your stuff. If you know you have this event coming up and as part of this event, there are 30 tasks that need to be done. So-and-so is assigned to task two, four, six, seven, and eight. Put their name on it. And then as you are having your regular conversations with your team, have them give an account as to why they're not accomplishing what they're supposed to accomplish. My guess is when people see their names next to task and everybody has a focus on an event and delivering an event, and you have this list where people's names are assigned to it and people can see 
if you drop the ball, see where you fail, see your shortcomings, then that holds people with a greater sense of accountability. Because every day that you have a, a session where you're meeting with your team, you should be going through the checklist. Here are the things that we have going on. This is supposed to be completed by so-and-so. This is supposed to be completed by so-and-so. And then ultimately coming to a place where you can say, you're not getting the job done. Um, and as a result, you're not going to be compensated for your role in helping to deliver this event. Accountability and, uh, and compensation will help people increase or improve their level of motivation and delivery. Hopefully that makes sense. But for you, stop doing everything on your own. Be willing to de delegate. If flyers are not your thing, outsource that to Fiverr. They can create you a flyer for $5. You are an event professional. You may like marketing, so that might be your thing. So you, you keep that on your plate. But if you're not that person and you, you put out marketing materials that look like they were created in the 1980s, then you're going to have problems, right? So outsource it, $5 to Fiverr, have them create you an event flyer and go on about your day. So I want you to, to think about this as well. When you start thinking about effective time management, you as the business owner are responsible for delivering value, growing and uh, making more money. And how do you do that? You focus on the things that generate revenue. You focus on the things that uh, ultimately lead to customer satisfaction. And it's important for you to take that and understand that you shouldn't be working in on some of the grunt items unless you just enjoy it or unless you find yourself in a position where, uh, you know, money is tight and the budget is tight and you might not be able to do certain things. There are certain things you can do. Outsourcing uh, to, you know, Fiverr for certain certain tasks. You can do that. Bringing on an intern. Bring on an intern. Help to train that person up. Most of us are working virtually now anyway. Have a, a marketing student go up to one of the universities or colleges or call up there. You can't really go up there now and find out if there's somebody that is in their marketing de the department, their business school, whatever the case may be, who might be interested in an internship. A lot of people will do that to acquire the experience uh, in exchange for that so that they can go back and write and report back to their professors. So think outside of the box uh, so that you can free yourself up because you need to be focused on making money. Amen, somebody out there. So that's number nine, stop doing everything on your own, delegate tasks. Number 10, stop neglecting yourself. I'm gonna say it again, stop neglecting yourself. I'm going to say it again. Stop neglecting yourself. I'm going to say it one more again so that you can understand it. Stop neglecting yourself. Take some time for you. Take some time for you. You are in a stressful business where timelines come fast and, and people's you know, emotions are driven. What if you're a wedding planner or you're you're working on an event that's very important to somebody and, and it, it marks a special occasion, you know, emotions ride high. But after that event is delivered, after you've gone through your debrief, take some time for you. Even in the days coming up to that event, take some time for you. 
30 minutes a day meditating, just sitting in quiet, not answering emails, not doing anything that's a distraction, a distraction, take some time for you. Go get that manicure or pedicure when it's, when it's safe again. Go get that, have that handle, take a walk in the park, go sit outside and, and just people watch. Do something for you because as an event professional, you are giving so much of yourself to other people to try to make their visions come to life. And that's a, a admirable. I applaud you for that. But at the end of the day, you've got to take care of yourself because if you don't have anything to pour out, you are going to be no good to anyone. So you want to continue to deposit, make deposits within yourself so that you can refresh, rejuvenate, and then be able to give back to so many people who's, who are beneficiaries of your work. You guys do such a great job at helping to bring people's visions to, to reality, that you end up um, bringing people's visions to life. And people have things now that they can refer back to their families and friends for years to come. You make those things happen, but you also got to make sure that you have something to experience so that you can have something to share so that you can have something to to smile back back uh, smile about stop neglecting yourself take some time for you that's number 10 and then number 11 <laughs> number 11 stop playing email volleyball so what do you mean kenny what are you saying what are you saying kenny i'm saying this Stop playing email volleyball because a lot of your productivity is being mishandled because you do so much via email and not just simply picking up the phone and getting the two or three word answer that you need to move, move on with your life. If you send something to somebody and they send it back to you, you send them a response and they send it back. If it goes beyond a, a, a two iteration uh, response, pick up the phone, schedule A, can we schedule 10 minutes to walk through this or five minutes or whatever the case may be? Because otherwise you find yourself in email hell where you're back and forth with this client, back and forth with that client, back and forth with this person. When all you had to do is pick up the phone and a couple minute conversation would have alleviated all of that back and forth nonsense. Hopefully that helps you out. Hopefully that gives you some insight and some thoughts. Number one, stop complaining about time, proactively manage it. Number two, stop those quick internet breaks because that is distracting you from making progress in your business. Number three, stop multitasking because I don't care how dope you are because I think I'm pretty dope. I don't care how dope you are. If you multitask, your attention is being diverted and you have to find a way to relock in on something in order to start to make progress. Whereas if you focus, knock that thing out, check it off, move to the next thing, knock that thing out, check it off, move it to the next thing. Number four, stop responding to emails as they arrive. Don't be a slave to your phone. Number five, stop putting off harder, the harder tasks that you have on your, your list. Number six, stop unrealistic to-do lists, schedule your time instead. Number seven, stop unproductive meetings, amen, lights, Amen, everyone out there. Number eight, stop saying yes to everything. Empower yourself to say no. 
We can't fit this into the scope of this event or this activity. Number nine, stop doing everything on your own, delegate. It's a beautiful thing when you learn how to coordinate people because there's this big list of things that need to be done. Dividing, delegating and conquering is a beautiful thing and it'll allow you to feel more empowered as a business owner because you didn't start a business to create a, your, a job for yourself where you are <laughs> at working at the mercy of a to-do list for every single hour of the day. You didn't start a business to do that. You started a business so that you can make money, you can have ownership of something, you can deliver something to make somebody's life great. And then ultimately at the end of the day, so that you can scale, you have something that you can leave as a legacy, but nobody starts a business to create a job for themselves once you look at the longer term picture. Number 10, stop neglecting yourself. Take some time, take a self-care day uh, for yourself. And then last but not least, stop playing email volleyball. Stop playing email volleyball. Hopefully that helps you out. Hopefully I said something that helps to uh, bring some clarity to something that you might be experiencing. And so Sharessa, our fearless leader, um, reached out to me because she saw something that I had pulled together, a training that I had pulled together on this very topic. And so what I want to do, you know, briefly, because this is something that I think will help you out. I want to share something that I created that helps to bring structure to your day, structure to how you plan and allocate things um, on your calendar or whatever the case may be. So this is what I call my time management tool. Created it, it's an Excel spreadsheet, it does some, some fun things. It allows me to take a look at the activities that I have uh, as a, that are a part of my life. And it allows me to schedule those things out uh, based off of what I expect to do for a given week. So what do you mean? What do I mean by that? So the first item you see on here, and they're not necessarily in any particular order. The first item you see on here is sleep. And so for me to be effective, I need at least eight hours of sleep per night at least so that I can be my usual normal productive self. And so if you think about it, sleep accounts for at least 56 hours out of my week. So why is that important? Well, at the beginning, I said that we have 24 hours in the day. Uh, we have seven days in a week. That means at the beginning of every week, you have 168 hours, 168 hours that you can, that you can apply, that you can schedule, schedule and allocate things to. So I've already scheduled 56 hours to sleep because that helps me be more productive. On the next one, a next item that I show here is that I want to allocate at least an hour uh, per day for breakfast, an hour per day for lunch, an hour per day for dinner. So what does that mean? That means I've allocated seven hours per each item uh, across the course of the week. Um, that's seven hours for breakfast, seven hours for lunch, seven hours for dinner. You might be able to, you know, do some things while you are um, you know, partaking in your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, you've already allocated 21 hours to uh, feeding yourself. And so if you take a look at what's going on here, I've already allocated 77 hours out of my 168. And so here in light blue, you see that there's 168 
the beginning of the week, I've allocated 77. That means I only have 91 hours for the remainder of the week that I can allocate to certain uh, other things. So what what's the, the logical next thing is I want you to go ahead and, and take a look at allocating your work day. You might say, I need to work eight hours a day. Um, well, for event professionals, y'all do work weekends. So you may say, I'm gonna work you know, eight hours a day and I'll just put a you know, placeholder there. That's an additional 56 hours if you include the weekends that you could potentially be working. And so that if you think about it from that perspective, of course you'd have to break down what your work day looks like and schedule those things out. And we'll do that in a second. But look at that. If you allocate 21 hours to food, 56 hours to sleep, and then 56 hours to working, which for many of you is probably more than that, you only have 35 hours remaining in your week to do other things. With that being said, you have to prioritize the remaining items that you want to accomplish within a given week. So if you're in school, you might say, you know, I'm in school Mondays and Wednesdays. So now that's two of the 35, you have 33 remaining. You got to take care of the house. So you dedicate, you know, maybe two hours on the Saturday, two hours on the Sunday, taking care of your house, uh, your apartment, whatever the case may be. You may, you know, attend church services on the weekend. That could be, you know, two hours or more on a Sunday. You might go to Bible study. That could be two hours. So at the end of the day, <laughs> that's 143 hours already accounted for if you follow this plan. So that gives you 25 hours that you can allocate to going to the gym for an hour on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. It leaves you with 22. Um, you can say, I'm going to dedicate two hours of TV time, maybe per night. I don't know uh, if that's the case. Then you're down to roughly 12 hours remaining, even based off of this simple you know, kind of tally or looking at your, your life across the scope of one week and 168 hours that are available to you. So you have to be very strategic in how you place your time. I'm going to leave this here. Uh, this is something that I can make available. I can probably upload it in the group. So I'll, I'll check with Ceresa about that. And with that being the case, if you want to break your schedule out by day, you can use, and I put this on in the spreadsheet format because it's easier to, to really share uh, via the form like this. But you can write, you know, throughout the course of the day, what am I doing? Well, I'm sleep until till seven. Let's say you know, that that's the the time in which you're sleeping to till you get up, you stretch, you have your morning meditation. And then at eight, you decide to kick off your work day. This is important because you've said you're going to work eight, nine hours a day. What are those, those eight or nine hours going to entail? This might be check email. And you do that for 30 minutes. Then it's respond to email. You might do that for 30 minutes. Review current event plans. You might do that for 30 minutes to an hour. 
making and responding to phone calls. You might say, you know what, let me respond to, to phone calls or place calls um, and spend an hour doing that. At the end of the day, what I'm doing is just challenging you. If you know you're gonna, you're planning on working eight hours, to break those eight hours down to what needs to be done to accomplish one or more event uh, that you might be planning and working on, and then putting yourself in a position to be successful. So you do that for Monday, for Tuesday, for Wednesday, for Thursday, for Friday, and then you know have your weekends planned out as well. If you proactively plan how this looks, your life becomes a lot more uh, manageable. You don't find yourself fighting fires because one of the, the common traits that a lot of event professionals have is that you are always rushing, you're always running. There's always something requiring your attention. Whereas if you take greater control by scheduling out how things occur on your schedule, you don't let people just jump into your schedule You plan them then you'll be successful. So hopefully this has been helpful to you. Uh, I'm excited that I've had a chance to share this uh, information with you. It's one of those things that I think is important. And um, I'm going to you know, put a bookmark there because that's plenty of information for you. That is a lot of information for you to digest. We covered 11 tips for effective time management for event professionals. And then I shared with you just kind of my time management spreadsheet that you can use. And I'll check with Charessa about uploading that into the group. <clears throat> and then from there, man, just be successful. At the end of the day, you wanna have control over your life and your business, setting boundaries, planning, scheduling, structure, processing, systems in place so that you don't have to do things manually if you don't have to that frees up more time. And that's why I like being the virtual chief operations officer because I manage processes, systems, people, and money so that people can have experience uh, or experience success within their businesses. So I'll stop there and um, I will hang out um, on this particular thread and see if there are any questions that I wasn't able to see as part of our time together. I'm looking over there now and I see it's like 46 comments. So I'm going to go and hang out uh, for a minute in the on that thread. And thank you so much, Sharessa, for allowing me to share with the group. If anyone wants to get in touch with me, feel free to ping me within this group. If you want uh, to leverage this particular spread, the spreadsheet tool that I pulled together, we'll upload it so that it's available to you. If you want to set up time to speak with me about um, helping you out from a chief operations officer perspective virtually, then uh, you know feel free to ping me and I'll also share my Calendly link um, as part of this thread as well. And that's all I got for you. Hopefully you enjoyed it and we will talk soon. I'm gonna jump into the thread to see if there are any questions, but otherwise I appreciate your time. Hopefully it was worthwhile and uh, we will talk soon. All right, take care, peace.